Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episodes, we will be discussing the fantasies and fallacies men and women have coming into marriage and long-term relationships. First and foremost, before we jump into our topic for today, I have to, I cannot continue without saying happy Black History Month to all of my Black King and Queens. You are so loved and your life has so much purpose. Despite all the trials and the tribulations that our ancestors and that we are currently going through, still we prevail, still we rise. And although we celebrate Black History Month 365 days out the year, honey, because we are Black every single day, can't take the skin off. Uh, During this month, we get to be extra, 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 extra Black. So happy Black History Month to you all. So let's get started. Again, I have a story for you guys. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I never thought I was an interesting person, but ever since I've been doing more and more of these episodes, I keep finding stories that make sense. But hey, (laughs) let's jump into it. So like many teenage girls, okay, I spent a lot of time, a lot of my time as a teenage girl fantasizing about relationships and boys that I like and all my crushes. Um, And I would just think about like, oh, I can't wait till we hold hands until we kiss. And, you know, oh, what would he be like as a husband and all these type of things. I would spend so much time uh, fantasizing and not really dating. Okay. Um, (laughs) I was just being a teenage girl and, you know, thinking about all the boys that I liked around school. I had a lot of fantasies, but one of my craziest fantasies was of Chris Brown. Okay, pause, pause right there. Before you stone me, this was pre-Rihanna and pre-Crazy Chris, okay? So don't stone me too bad, all right? But I love me some Chris Brown. Oh my goodness. I remember my brother's actually, my brother actually ended up buying me a CD for Chris Brown, but I loved Chris Brown. I followed his entire career. I had a poster of Chris Brown in my folder. I knew his puppy's name. Like, I'm telling you, this fantasy was deep, okay? One of the craziest ideations I would have, like, of of Chris Brown was him whisking me away, picking me up from my house in the limo, and taking me to um, one of the concerts for me to enjoy, and just, like... Oh, I'm just his prized possession. I'm his girl, his super fan, all this stuff. I know it sounds crazy now, but guys, I was like 13, okay? So don't judge me too hard, please. Okay, so I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, you know that, you know, uh, B2K, that's my boo, that's my boyfriend, whatever, whatever, you know, fangirling. And for me, that was Chris Brown. And um, and so, um, 
And so I spent a lot of time fantasizing about Chris Brown being my boyfriend. And I remember the day that that fantasy bubble popped, okay? I was in web design class with my teacher, Ms. Grimaldi, and my class. And in recent news, it had come out that Chris Brown had abused Rihanna. And uh, there was a girl in my class, a hater. I don't remember her, but... She was a hater, obviously at that time I thought she was a hater, who said Chris Brown is an abuser and he hit Rihanna and stuff like that. So of course I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I have to defend my man. I was not a talkative person in class. I usually stayed to myself, but at that moment I was fueled by passion and romance and love. I had to defend my man. So I stood up and I said to her face, Rihanna probably deserved it. What are you talking about? Don't talk about my man. All that fun stuff, right? Okay, well, I end up looking like a duck. I put a big old foot in my mouth because the teacher, Miss Cromartie, heard me and she called me over and she said to me, Chrislyn, don't ever say to yourself that a woman deserve to get beat on. There is never a reason why a woman should be beat on. And I was just like taken aback. Because one, I was goody two shoes as a student, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I wasn't used to being um, called out on and like, you know, reprimanded and things like that. And um, I just remember thinking to myself, dang, maybe I said something bad if the teacher felt like she had to pull me to the side. And lo and behold, um, from some other students, I think they end up telling me that um, that teacher had actually been in a abusive relationship before and she was kind of speaking from experience and and trying to teach a young woman myself there is never a reason why a man should be putting his hands on a woman and trying to steer me away from that thought ever being okay so I share this story because I feel like it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about and my hope is not to bash fantasies because I think that fantasies serves its purpose Um, for things like art and music where people have to be creative. But when it comes to people, fantasies do not serve us well. We can't imagine people to be who they are not. And that ultimately leaves us in a place of vulnerability. So what I would like for you all to take away from this episode is that when it comes to relationships, grounding yourself in reality and truth protects you and puts you in a position of power. When you are evaluating things realistically, you get to make a well-informed choice. Living in a fantasy leaves you vulnerable. It's like walking around with the wrong prescription glasses on. Your vision will be skewed and you may run into obstacles that you may have been able to avoid if you were seeing clearly. So for this episode, guys, believe it or not, I know I always have like tons of statistics, but this episode is not going to have so many statistics because to be honest, I couldn't find that much research on fantasies like you know like you kind of find expectations but there's not a lot of research or textbooks or books out there or even um experts talking about how you know we are 
we fantasize and we have fallacies about relationships. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is very experiential. It's based off my own experience in my relationship, my experience with friends and family and things like that with no names, of course, but it is going to be very experiential. So I hope it's entertaining to you, but take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to be talking about a lot of generalizations. Not everyone is this way. Um, Not every man will be this way. Not every woman will be this way. However, I still think that this information can be beneficial to you if you are interested in this topic. So to start, of course, we have to bring context. First things first, what is a fantasy or a fallacy and why is it dangerous to our relationships? So let's just start off with the regular definition. Um, The definition of a fantasy is the power or process of creating especially unrealistic or improbable mental images in response to psychological need. That's a a fantasy. A fallacy, on the other hand, is a deceptive, misleading, or false notion or belief, etc. It's also like a misleading or unsound argument. So an example of that is that the world is flat. So that was one time a popular fantasy. I know in the recent years, it has come back up and people debate it. Um, But as of now, because (laughs) it hasn't been proven, it's still a fallacy that the world is flat. Um, So that's just an example of a fallacy. So where do these things come from? I think that fantasies and fallacies can come from um, can be fed to you by society or a dominant group in your life. Like if you were raised in church or based off your culture, if you're Hispanic or a Caribbean culture, those certain things can bring uh, certain fallacies to your life. Um, but it also may just come from your own mind, your own experiences. Um, for me personally, I was a teenager who could not stop thinking about relationships and just thinking about what relationships I thought would be and all these different things. So that idea of Chris Brown that I had in my head was just, it came straight from my head. Like, uh, you know, nobody really fed that to me. Whether the fantasy or the fallacy came from your own mind or from society at large or a dominant group that you're a part of, um, it's dangerous to relationships. And the reason why it's dangerous is because like I mentioned before, Fantasies can't be applied to people. We cannot imagine people to be different than who they are. People are who they are. Now they grow and change and have variations, of course. But at the end of the day, if that person is tends to be more negative, then they're more negative. And no amount of imagination and no amount of Uh, improper thinking is going to change the fact that the person is a negative person. It's important. Like I mentioned before, if we're walking around with blurred vision, you know, we are bound to bump into something, but if we're seeing clearly, then we get to be able to avoid certain obstacles, maneuver around them and things like that. So it's very important in a relationship that we choose to look at the realities instead of feeding our fantasies or our fallacies. In the next few uh, minutes, I would like to go over some of the main fallacies that I think that women and men have coming into relationships. 
So to begin with, I would love to start with the ladies. What's interesting about these fantasies about relationships is that unfortunately we have been fed a fantasy since we were children. Like if you think about it, all the Disney movies that you can think of and even Disney TV shows, they're set up in a way where it's it's like very romantic like even the idea of the disney princess right being saved and like being rescued and things like that so ever since we were children we're fed this and then as we get into teenage years we kind of like uh, uh grow into like the romantic novel right like twilight and like the wolf and the vampire i ain't gonna lie y'all i never read it <laughs> but i know the premise of it is like romance and sci-fi and all these different type of things and then we get a little bit older right and then we have the rom-coms where they it's the whole trope is oh my goodness it's it's kind of ridiculous like boy meets girl right they bump into each other at coffee and then uh romance ensues like they have this montage where they go eat ice cream they fall in love or something and then reality hits they call it off they're like oh we're not made for each other and then somebody has a big epiphany like oh my gosh, this montage helped me understand that I love this person. I can't live without this person. And then um, there's some big gesture where this person comes and is like, oh, they run through the rain or they run through the airport and they catch you just in time to give you this big grand kiss. (laughs) It's so silly when I'm saying it. And it's happily ever after. And this is so crazy because first of all, we never know what happens after happily ever after. So we don't really know what happens to the relationship, but this whole premise of rom-coms and, and romantic novels and Disney princesses and everything are constantly feeding us an idea about love and romance. And I think that we walk around with that idea that kind of like love happens to us. Right. And I I think it puts us in a position of uh, passivity sometime as women instead of uh, being active in our love relationships. We're waiting for a man to find us. We're waiting for a man to, uh, you know, read our mind and know what we're thinking and all these different type of things. Just being in a position of waiting. Now, I know in the recent decade or so that this is kind of changing good and bad. I think that's another topic for another time. But so I say that all to show and depict that, you know, we were kind of raised in this idea of in this Western idea of relationships and love. And it has created some fallacies for us. Unfortunately, one of the fallacies that I want to address in this episode is the fallacy that he will change for me. Okay, there is a trope for women that we are are fed that our love, our sacrifice, and our support will push a man to change. This is huge because women take it personally when a man doesn't respond to the love and the effort and the support that you're pouring into them the way you think they should respond, right? You should think that your love and that they love you enough in order to change. But unfortunately, it's just not true. 
men simply do not change for women, they change for themselves, which I think is true for every individual. There are so many stories of men that have the best of the best, right? The cream of the crop when it comes to women. And yet they've been cheated on. Like this is a recent story with Janet Jackson and Jermaine Dupree that everybody is like, oh my gosh, Jermaine Dupree cheated on Janet Jackson. She's Janet Jackson. How could he? Like, He's not going to cheat on her because she's Janet Jackson. He's going to not cheat on her because he has integrity. Her being Janet Jackson is not going to change the fact of whether or not he's a cheater or not. And we see this with other couples. We saw this with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Everyone was so shocked. How, how could you cheat on Beyonce? She's Beyonce. She is gorgeous and sweet and kind and all these different types of things. You as a person is not enough to make a person change. They have to want it for themselves. As women, we sometimes think that the effort we put into the relationship is going to make the person see our worth and our our value. And that's what puts us in that vulnerable position. Um, Another one that I have is he will just know. I think this is a fallacy that keeps women silent. I have found through conversations with many women, that sometimes the issue is simply communication. The issue is simply just saying it. I feel like we've been fed this idea that men are just going to know, that men can put the pieces together, that men are just going to be able to like read our minds in some sense. This causes different pitfalls in different areas. Sometimes it's sex, sometimes it's finances, sometimes it's emotional support or things like that, where we're just not speaking up and being clear and direct. And it leaves us silent because men are supposed to know. Like, I don't where I don't even know where this came from. <laughs> like, I'm really trying to sit here and think like, where did people get this from? This idea that men are just supposed to know. I'll tell you right here. I'll burst the bubble right now. They don't. Forget about it. Throw it away. They don't know. You have to say it. Sometimes we feel like when we're when we have to say it, we're betraying ourselves. Like, no, like he should know, and I shouldn't have to repeat myself, and I shouldn't have to say this thing to him, and he should be attentive enough, and yada yada yada. And the reality is, most of the time, men just don't operate that way. Sometimes it's not even intentional that they're trying to miss it, but they just don't operate that way. For women, the devil is in the details, right? Every little thing that we say, every gesture, and every move that we do tells a story. Is telling you what you need to know. Men cannot read the details, okay? And these are generalizations, so don't stone me. But I'm just saying, most of the time, men can't, they don't, they're not reading the details. If you're not direct and linear with them, they're going to miss it. But again, the fantasy leaves you in a vulnerable position. It allows you to get hurt. It allows you to get disappointed because you're trying to uh, hold up this idea that, oh, he'll just know. And then you just kind of wait and you sit and you don't say anything and you get hurt. And you wait and you sit and you don't say anything and you get hurt. And now you're constantly getting hurt. Instead, you could be in the position of power and understand that that's a fallacy. I should let it go that a man has to know or he, he'll just know. And I'll just live in the reality that maybe he doesn't. 
And that way I can make a choice and I can say from now on, I'm just going to speak directly with him. And I know it seems boring. (laughs) Sometimes it seems boring, right? We want the spice. We want our man to be able to like, you know, just follow our whim and be able to like read us. And they can't. Okay. They can't. So you're going to have to have direct conversations where it's like, this is what I like with sex. And this is what I don't like about sex. This is how I feel pleasure. This is how you can show me that you love me. This is how you can show me that you care about me. And most dudes, especially good dudes, if you're not in a toxic relationships, most dudes will respond to that and they'll give you what you need. So try not to be offended or hurt that you have to speak direct. Okay, so now we're going to move over to the men. Before y'all turn off the mic, the turn off the podcast, men. I know this is not a man behind the mic, okay? But I do have male friends. I have brothers. I have a husband, and these people were polled at one point in time, or it was a conversation that came up. And uh, this is where I'm getting <laughs> my list of fallacies. So um, I'm just speaking from that perspective. <laughs> Don't just clock me out. Matter of fact, have a conversation with me if you feel like I'm wrong. So here's, here's some uh, fallacies that men may have. Number one, she won't change at all or that much, depending on the dude. Some dudes, I feel like, understand that my wife is going to change. But they say, oh, not that much. Some dudes think they're not going to change. Their wife is not going to change at all. And that's a huge, major fallacy. That is a stumbling block in your relationship. First of all, it's a human fallacy. Okay. No human stays the same. We are forever evolving, forever changing. All right. Um, so that's the first thing, but women, we change month to month. Like that should be a indicator for you. We are cyclical beings. We are continuously changing. And there are so many different things that happen in a person's life, a woman's life, physically, spiritually, emotionally, that grows that person. I think mainly when women, when men think of this fallacy, they probably think physically first, which is like how she look and how she dress and how she act is how she's going to look, how she's going to dress and how she's going to act forever and ever and ever and ever while we're married. And that's just not the truth. Sometimes your wife, there's going to be a year or two where she's in sweats, right? Because it's the season for sweats because whatever's going on in her life at that time calls for sweats. (laughs) Okay. And that's how she can function and sweats and no makeup or something. And there might be a time in your life where if you guys have children, that's a drastic, drastic change. That is emotional. It is physical. Um, it is mental on some levels and you have to expect her to change. You have to be open to her for her to change for men. If you are closed off, if you are still holding on to this fallacy, you are going to be, uh, you're going to have a rude awakening and you're going to try to fight it and you're not going to be able to, you might even try to complain and say, you used to be like this. You used to do this and hold that over their head. And that's not fair. The reality of it is that your wife will change. She will change physically. She will change emotionally. She will change mentally because she's a human being. Another fallacy that I have for men is about sex. A lot of men come into relationships thinking that sex will always be frequent, fun, 
or spontaneous. This is a fallacy in the fact that here's the reality. Sex is like a roller coaster. It has its ups and it has its downs. And the reality of a long-term relationship, a long-term committed relationship, is that sex will have its ups and downs. Sometimes there's very busy seasons in your life um, where it's not spontaneous. It's not always fun. It has to be scheduled. Sometimes, you know, it is. It's always it's fun and hype and things like that. The truth is that sex is important in relationships. It is very important. But it's just a percentage of a relationship. There are so many other things that you have to put effort into and work into to make this relationship whole and healthy and long lasting than just sex. I know men to be very physical, but if you come into a relationship thinking that sex will always be one way, you're not being flexible, you're not opening up yourself to the reality that, hey, sometimes it's going to be dry. And I don't mean physically dry. I mean like dry, like basic. Sometimes it's going to be scheduled. And sometimes it's not going to be as frequent as you want. And sometimes the realities of life hit you where maybe somebody has a sickness or somebody had, you know, a woman had a baby or maybe she's just in her bag and she's super, super busy. What are you going to do then? If you walk into the situation with the reality understanding that it's susceptible to change, then you have more power to be able to deal with the change than be surprised that it changed. Um, You know, this happened to my husband and I for our first child. It hit us like a a freight train. We weren't expecting it whatsoever because I got pregnant and, you know, at first trimester was okay. I was tired, you know, whatever. But second, third trimester, man, I was feeling repelled by like, like, I didn't want him to touch me. I didn't want to look at him. Like, I didn't want to have sex and, you know, I'm just hormonal. There's just so many things going on, but we weren't expecting it and it really put a damper in our relationship. Um, The frequency change and the spontaneity change and all these different things change and um, that really caused, put a a damper in our relationship. And um, so that first baby just really kind of like woke us up to like, oh, wow, okay, it's not always going to be what we think it's going to be. Sometimes it's going to be dictated by other things. And we really just have to be able to adapt and pivot and uh, maneuver around and deal with the change. And now with this baby, we're doing a little bit better, but it's still difficult, but we are able to, uh, to pivot and maneuver around the change. That is the fantasies or fallacies that I have to share with you all um, on this episode. And to close, I would just like to reiterate the idea that uh, when it comes to relationships, grounding yourself in reality and truth protects you and puts you in a position of power. Moving into relationships, we want to be able to see clearly so that we can make well-informed decisions and choices about our relationship. This will help us be empowered in our relationship, take an active role in our relationship and making it healthy and long lasting. So I would like to leave you all with a question to ask yourselves as you're exploring uh, fantasies or fallacies that you may have um, about marriage. So the question is, What expectations do I have of my spouse? Is my vision or my view of them skewed by a fantasy or fallacy 
that I may have about marriage and relationships. Thank you all for joining me on this episode of Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Again, I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Black Marriage Therapy and on Facebook at the same handle, Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening and see you again next week where we'll be discussing Black love in light of Black History Month. We'll be talking about our history and our future.